What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday on Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can follow our socials as well on Twitter and on Facebook. So today we are talking to uh, one of our listeners, uh, Brendan Kilbin. We're here to talk about the Celtics and kind of give you guys a playoff update as to where things stand with the seas right now. So, uh, Brendan, what's going on? How much, Garrett? How you doing? I'm good. I'm, you know, looking forward to getting into this. You know, obviously, I wish the circumstances were a little bit better, but uh, <laughs> it's great to have you here. I'm really excited to get into this. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I appreciate the, uh, you know, the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, obviously, for, you know, <laughs> we'll just get right into it. You know, really tough loss for uh, Celtics last night, uh, you know, 14 point lead in the fourth quarter slips away. Um, and the Celtics are now trailing the best of seven series against the Bucks, three games to two going to Milwaukee for game six. So, um, obviously Brendan, this was, uh, a pretty ugly loss. This is probably the worst loss that they've had so far in the playoffs. Yeah, just brutal. Um, total, uh, choke job by the Celtics here. I mean, like you said, um, they were all scored 23 to nine in the final eight minutes. Um, they gave the game away. The game was theirs. Uh, outscored 33 to 21 in the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, it was just embarrassing, honestly, especially to have it happen on their home floor like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that you think about this series and the way that it's gone, you know, it's like it, neither team has really given much of an inch. And it just is like when you have a lead like that, you have to be able to close the game out and, you know, it just, it's just, it's too bad that some of the old habits that had plagued them earlier in the year, you know, returned that you have a big lead, you kind of just go stagnant or get complacent and, you know, think that the lead is just going to be big enough. And, you know, clearly the, the team learned the hard way that, you know, this Bucks team is not going to be pushed around that if you give them an inch, they're going to take advantage. It's like you said, they went back to their old habits. They played isolation ball, the Celtics did. They didn't take any three-pointers in the fourth quarter. You know? and, and the Bucks, meanwhile, were six for six from three in the fourth. You know, So um, just crucial mistakes, um, getting complacent, getting lazy. Um, you know, they were just totally outworked, and um, it showed You know that um, the results came up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating, I think, when you think about you know, how far this team has come in the last few months that, you know, it's like, it's the absolute worst possible time to have a game like this. You know, this isn't like they blew a lead in the first game and you're like, okay, you know, we can figure out what we did wrong. You know, they have, they have literally no room for error now. And so I think the biggest thing is they just have to turn the page, you know, burn the tape as they say, but um, yeah, you can't help but feeling that they really blew a huge opportunity to, you know, go into Milwaukee with a chance to win the series. And now they have to win to save the season. Exactly. You know, and, um, you know, a lot of things stood out to me in this game. There's so much to talk about here. Um, you know, um, one of the things was obviously that last play, um, you know, when Smart uh, got blocked by Drew Holiday. Um, you know, I heard after the game Tatum was talking about miscommunication. 
you know, and um, Horford was supposed to set a pick for Tatum on that play and um, it didn't happen. And so that's why Smart was forced to take the shot. Um, you know, honestly, I, I'm a big fan of Ime, but I think that a lot, a little bit of the blame goes on him for this just because it seems like the players weren't on the same page, you know, and um, you don't want Smart taking that. You don't want Smart taking that last shot, you know, mm -hmm. um, especially when, I mean, give Drew Holiday credit though. He, he played that help defense mm -hmm. um, and, and he blocked him. And then he also followed that up with, you know, the, um, the steal at the end with like five seconds left when Smart was bringing the ball up court. Yeah. Um, Holiday is a great defender and, um, you know, it showed at that moment. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. It was, and, you know, I don't know the full details of what they were supposed to run, you know, on that play where Holiday blocks them, but it just, it seemed to me like they had drawn up a play to do something else. And, you know, Marcus chooses to take it himself because, you know, he sees an opening, which, I'm definitely a proponent of it. if a guy's a clear lane to the basket, you go and you take it, you take the shot, but it's just like, you know, obviously worst case scenario happened, you know, you had a guy come over and help and block the shot. And, you know, that was kind of it from there. Um, you know, you got to hope that this is a team that just can kind of turn the page really quickly and be like, okay, you know, we blew this game. We blew a great opportunity, but let's give ourselves another opportunity to try to, you know, correct that. And, you know, here's the opportunity game six, you know, you win exactly. it, you get back to the garden and you try to, you know, take care of business in the game seven, if you need to. So, you know, it's a, it's a, a tough loss, you know, it's a gut punch, but you know, it's not an elimination game. You know, they still have a game to try to, you know, even the series. So, um, you know, looking at this game a little closer, you know, one of the issues that creeped up late in the game, unfortunately, was the offensive rebounding. And the Bucks, you know, really took control in the fourth quarter because of those extra possessions that they could get. You know, look at the offensive rebounding. It was 17 to 5 in the game. You know, the Bucks 17 offensive rebounds. And, you know, I think that I typically am not a person that likes to look at, you know, a guy was hurt and that's why what happened happened. But, you know, clearly you have a guy like Rob Williams, who's a great rebounder. And obviously he wasn't available second straight game. He's missed and the Bucks kind of took advantage of that and, you know, took advantage on the uh, go ahead basket by, by Portis. Oh yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, it, yeah, it showed um, Rob Williams is a huge loss. Um, you, you know, like, like you said, you never want to be the guy that complains about an injury. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was going to bring up on that Giannis missed free throw. Um, Portis, you know, takes the lead there. I mean, that easily could have been um, yeah, uh, Rob Williams grabbing that rebound. Um, you know, I guess the thing that I didn't understand was that, you know, they had Grant Williams there, um, the Celtics did, closest to the basket instead of Tatum, you know. And I, I do get that Williams is a bigger body, but Tatum is 6'8 versus, you know, Grant Williams being 6'6". Six, six. Um, personally, I would have rather had Tatum over there trying to grab that board as opposed to Grant Williams. But, um, you know, you can kind of go either way with that one, to be honest. Yeah, you know, I think looking back at the replay, it looked like, you know, Marcus and Jalen both had great opportunities to grab it, and they both, you know, kind of went for it at the same time and, you know, gets tipped to Portis, and it just is like, yeah, you wish that they could have come up with a rebound there because, 
you know, if they do that, you know, chances are they probably have a good chance to win the game. So, um, you know, it's interesting that you brought up Grant Williams because I felt like he did not play for a good amount of the fourth quarter. And I thought that that was kind of strange because I think you've seen him be their best defender on Giannis. And it just seems strange to me that they went away from him. And I understand that they had the unit out there that was able to close out game four, but you know, it's a, it's a different game. And I just, I feel like that's a coaching decision. I would have liked to see go the, go, go a different way, but you know, here, here we are, unfortunately. Well, well, to, um, to be honest with you, I mean, I feel like Grant Williams has really came back to earth recently. I mean, he played 31 minutes in that game and he had zero points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that Milwaukee has, has done a good job of playing him tougher um, in the corner. We all know he likes that corner three and they're doing it. I think they've done a good job of kind of containing him. Um, so I honestly, I've just been a little disappointed with what I've seen from Grant and um, to be honest, but you know, he's still a good player. He's a good role. Good. He's a big piece of this team and they're going to need him to, he's one of the guys that definitely needs to step up as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that he's definitely a guy that was able to help you win game two, but you kind of haven't really seen him knock down shots since then. And, you know, he's not a guy that you need to score 15, 18, 20 points a game, but you need him to be able to score at least 10. And I think, you know, not being able to put any points on the board, you know, that's not even something I even realized until I looked at the box score that, okay, he did not even score in this game. So that's something that they need to desperately have turned the other way, because if he can, you know, make those open shots, make those corner threes, it makes things a lot easier for their, for, for the offense. Totally agree. You know, you can't have, you just can't have a guy with zero points at 31 minutes. It's just, it's just not good enough, you know? Um, but, you know, one of the things is that that did do is it opened up a little bit more playing time for, um, you know, Derek White. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he was okay. Um, he, he had nine points, but um, I also, I was, I thought Tice did well in the first half. He had 11 points. I don't think he missed the basket. Um, and then they kind of got away from, from Tice. He didn't see him as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing with him is he's such a foul machine, you know, and um, he's, he's matchup dependent. Um, whenever Giannis was, was on the floor, was coming on the floor, they took Tice out and they put Horford in and, and vice versa, you know. So, you know, they want Horford on the floor when Giannis is in there, but then they want Tice out. And that makes sense to me, to be honest with you, because you just can't have Tice versus Giannis is just such a mismatch. You just don't want to even put him in that position. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what their rotation looks like game six, because, you know, Rob Williams has missed the last two games. I think we're not sure if he'll be able to play game six, but, um, you know, I think that if they have him in there, you feel a little bit better about what they can do rebounding. And, you know, honestly, Tice probably doesn't need to play a lot of minutes, but then again, he only played 11 minutes in game five. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do with their, with their bigs. Um, right. Yeah. And it's just, it's just the trickle down effect. Like we were talking about, you know, like you just mentioned of Rob Williams, you know, um, he, he's a, he's just a crucial piece. And, um, you know, I, I don't really know what, what's up with him to be honest with you. I mean, they're saying sore knee. Um, I'm wondering, I'm just starting to wonder, to be honest, if they brought him back too soon, um, against Brooklyn, you know, and, and that's why, um, you know, he, he, he's still, uh, having some trouble here. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely legitimate to wonder about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that they would like to have him available, but 
you know, yeah, you wonder about that knee and I hope that, you know, things are okay that, you know, if he is going to play that he's, you know, gone through all the tests that, you know, he can to make sure that he's healthy enough. Um, you know, right. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't want to be like, you know, you don't want to question an injury too much, you know, obviously, you know, we have where things are right, but uh, you know, you just can't help but wonder sometimes, you know? Yeah. So uh, unfortunately one of the, uh, kind of larger stories of the fourth quarter last night was uh, the Celtics kind of seemed to be uh, more interested in complaining to the officials than, you know, playing the actual game, which, you know, is really frustrating because I think, uh, you know, me as a person, it's easy to rail on the officials and be like, you know, they're bad, but it's like at a certain point, I think that you have to play through it and you have to understand that you know, every team's going to go through it. You're going to go through bad calls. And I just think like, you're going to have to deal with it, you know? And I don't think that the game was necessarily officiated poorly last night. Um, you know, it just seems like when the Celtics lose a game like this, it all kind of comes apart that they stagnate on offense. They complain to the officials and they can't play with leads. And it's like, that kind of was the issue for the first half or so of the season. And you know, again, you really don't want to see those issues creeping up at a time like this when you need to win games and, you know, every point, every, every basket counts. Exactly. You know, and um, I totally agree. And then speaking of complaints of the, the officials, I mean, how about Tatum in this game? I mean, he had 34 points, which is great, but, you know, he was also 12 for 29 um, from, you know, from the field. And, um, you know, he, he was two for 11 from three. And um, he just made a lot of, he was, in my opinion, uh, down the stretch there, he was just very selfish and he made a lot of bad decisions. Um, and you just can't have that, especially when the other team's best player, Giannis, you know, goes for 40 points. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there were too many times last night where he's, you know, settling for threes and, you know, you want to see him go to the basket. You want to see him go to the free throw line, get easy points. You know, he was eight for nine at the line. You know, I think I'd like to see those free throws in the double digits, but, you know, it's almost like he, he knows that he can get to the basket and he can get a layup, he can get fouled. He can, you know, make a play for another guy. And it just seemed like he was too quick to shoot last night. And, it kind of became a became an issue late in the game um, but also in the first half you know he shoots 10 threes in the first half and it's like you know you got to get the offense going in a different way if the three-point shot is not working exactly you know and, and the thing is you know he's the type of guy that you know he'll get that call when he takes it to the rack you know so that's why you want to see him do that he's the superstar and he's the guy that the refs are gonna you know give favor the favor to um, yeah. most of the time, you know, so, um, yeah, just disappointing. Um, you know, hopefully they can, he can learn from that, you know, because it, it's something that we've seen plenty of times before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think I'll just say another thing that I think, you know, it's games like that, that I think are going to be the biggest kind of lessons for him later in his career that, you know, he's going to have to look at and be like, okay, how can I make sure that something like this doesn't happen? You know, how can I, how can I learn from that? Because I think, you know, if we look at the great players in NBA history, they all go through, you know, bad games like that. They all go through, you know, moments where they struggle and don't do the things that they want to do. So, I mean, I feel like 
it's going to be very interesting to see how game six goes and how he plays. Um, because I think he knows that, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to perform um, in, in this game six. Totally agree. And then, um, you know, another guy that we haven't talked about, um, about too much is um, Jalen, you know, um, Jalen was unbelievable in the third quarter. He was, he was solid. And for some reason, it seems like they kind of went away from him in the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, I didn't really understand why um, he had the hot hand. And I think they should have just kind of kept feeding him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's definitely a guy that I think at any point can get hot. And yeah, it just seemed like, you know, they, they did what worked in the third quarter. And it was like, they, they, you know, went away from it. They stopped, you know, playing in transition. They stopped playing with pace and it's just, you know, it's, 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 it's really frustrating because it's like, you know, you know that they can play better. You know that, you know, they can play better offensively and, you know, they're, they're at their best when they're being aggressive, when they're driving to the basket, when they're driving and kicking, but you saw too much of last night, you know, someone taking the ball and taking, 10 seconds off the shot clock and then shooting a contested shot. And yeah, it's you can't have that happen. Exactly. It's the, it's the, my turn, your turn, um, you know, isolation ball that plagues them, you know, in the first half of the year, you know, and um, that's what gets them in trouble, especially against a team like Milwaukee, you know, with Giannis that likes to play in transition that likes to go downhill. Um, you know, they'll exploit that, that bad decision-making every chance they get. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you saw it so. with a bunch of turnovers in the fourth quarter that, you know, it kind of seemed like to that point they had done a better job keeping uh, keeping control of the ball, you know, and then they just give possessions away. And, you know, that kind of was, to me, it was kind of the theme of the fourth quarter that you gave away possessions either with turnovers, bad shots, or, you know, you couldn't get a defensive rebound. You're right. They totally melted down. I mean, they were um... – just to kind of reiterate that they, they were three for 11 um, from the floor in the final eight minutes uh, with four turnovers, you know, so um, just in the final eight minutes, you know, so that's just not good enough. Um, and, and they, and they started off the game on the total opposite side. I think um, they only had two turnovers in the first half, I want to say, and Milwaukee had like nine or 10. Um, mm-hmm. And that was kind of the key of the first half was, um, the turnovers, and then it just kind of flips on its side um, down the stretch there. Yeah, so, I mean, clearly it's it's a tough loss for this team, but, you know, like we said, it's not an elimination game. You know, it's not a it's not a game that, you know, you the season's over on. You know, I think that you still have a game to try to prove that that game five was just, you know, a blip. And I think, you know, this team has shown time and time again this year that, they've been able to bounce back when things kind of get difficult. Exactly. I mean, if they want to be that championship team, then this is where they got to dig deep, you know, Um, if they can't handle, you know, if they blow this, first of all, you know, a championship team doesn't play the way they played last night, you know, to begin with, but then if they do want to, you know, show some grit, um, you know, they got to, they got to clearly come out of this, you know, it's do or die right here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're really, get to see what they're what they're made of in in game six um you know i think just to kind of go into game six and kind of you know preview it a little bit i mean i think one of the biggest things they have to do is to try to stay out of foul trouble and i feel like sometimes that's easier said than done especially when you're playing on the road but i think you know especially if they don't have rob williams available you cannot afford to have certain guys pick up 
you know, quick fouls and have three at halftime. You know, I think they have to be able to play smart defensively. And again, it's easier said than done because I think oftentimes when you're on the road, games can be officiated a little bit differently than when you're at home. So, you know, I think it's staying out of foul trouble, making sure that, you know, they're just playing the game and they're not letting the officiating get in their head because that kind of happened a little bit last night when, you know, guys are complaining about calls and they get beat down the floor on a three-pointer. And it's just like, that can't happen. Exactly. You know, Tatum's the worst of the worst with that. Um, you know, I get it, he's the superstar, but at the same time, you know, he's got his hands up after every missed call. And, um, you know, you, you can't have your best player doing that on every play. And, and the guy that I can't stand the most that always does that um, is Tyus. He's always complaining about a missed call. And I mean, who, who is Daniel Tice to be complaining about calls left and right? You know, <laughs> I mean, there's a big difference between him and, and uh, Tatum, you know, as a, you know, as a bench guy, you know, constantly. It's not like he's doing it here and there. He's doing it constantly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think, unfortunately, you see that kind of rub off on the team, which is really kind of the last thing that you want to see if, you know, you want to be a team that goes deep in the playoffs. I, you don't want to be that team that's, you know, kind of complaining a lot. And it just seems like that it's, it's almost like it's a telltale sign when they start complaining that it's like, okay, they've kind of lost their, lost their rhythm a little bit. Yeah. It's, it just goes back to a lack of focus, you know, and I think that's where Emei comes in and the veterans like Horford, you know, they need to settle these guys down that's where leadership steps up, chemistry, camaraderie, all that, you know, you just need to, to focus. And, um, you know, at this point, they just need to move on because um, if they, you know, I think Smart was saying it, you know, if they step on that floor with any thoughts of, you know, last night um, going into game six, you know, they might as well not even show up. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that it's, it's fair to be like, okay, yes, they, they blew the game, but at the same time, the team, the two teams have alternated wins in this series, you know, no one's won two games in a row. So, you know, I don't think there's any time to feel sorry for yourself and be like, Oh, you know, we can't win in Milwaukee. You know, they just did. So, you know, I think that they can have this mentality that, okay, you know, games have gone in the alternating teams favor each game. And so, you know, no one's really been able to get a rhythm in this series. So, I mean, they can kind of, think about that, that, okay, you know, if we come out and play our game play the way we're supposed to, you know, there's no reason to think that they can't get this win uh, in Milwaukee. Oh, totally agree. You know, yeah, I, I just don't understand a lot. Yeah, a lot of, I've heard several people saying it's over. I'm like, how, how can you say that after watching this series? Every game is, you know, like you said, been back and forth. Um, they already won on Milwaukee's floor. Um, you know, it's totally within reach, in my opinion. These two teams are are uh, very close to one another in terms of, um, you know, overall skill skill set, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, another thing I was looking at um, is that if you think about the, the series, you know, other than the first game, you know, the Celtics really, they have not been outplayed, like, in, in a game, it seems like, since that first game, that they've, you know, the games that they've lost, it's been close. And the games that they've won, they've obviously played really well. So I think you know, it gives you some hope that, okay, they're not getting blown out. They've been in the series. You know, it's just a question of execution, I think, in those late game situations. So um, one of the things I would like for them not do is, 
settle for too many three pointers, especially in the first half, um, because they think they want they need to try to establish that they can get points at the basket that they're going to be aggressive. Right, I totally agree. Um, you know, that's one of the. To be honest with you, overall, I've I've been loving this series. Um, it's been physical. Um, guys are getting pushed around uh, whenever they, uh, you know, go to the rack. They're in each other's grills uh, after every play. Um, you know, you saw it with Giannis. He was getting into it with Horford. He was mean mugging him. Mm. Him and Jalen and Smart were getting into it too. Um, it's just kind of old school physical basketball, and it's refreshing to see that, you know, because you don't see that as much in today's NBA as, you know, you used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and I think another thing that I think we both have touched on is, you know, I think we'd like to see Grant Williams shoot a little bit better because I think they, they really need that from, they really need that from him because it, you know, makes their offense a lot more dangerous if, you know, the, the Bucks know that, okay, this guy's in the corner, you know, we can't leave him open. And, you know, if that happens, it opens up lanes for, for other guys. So I'm also curious to see how that goes. Right. And, you know, um, I like I don't think that they should be I don't see why they're afraid. You know, I understand to the rack, but I mean, uh, Ime had a good uh, quote about, um, you know, Brooke Lopez. He was saying, you know, Brooke Lopez, you know, he ain't no he ain't Wilt Chamberlain in there. You know, Um, don't be afraid to take it to Brooke Lopez. Um, You know, he's just another stiff, in my opinion, Um, but he has been given the Celtics trouble. So, um, you know, they got and Giannis has been giving them trouble too down there in the paint. Bobby Portis, um, they just got more physicality, I think, in terms of um, protecting the rim. Yeah, and you know, I also think that the best way to you know attack a shot blocker or whatever is to you know take it right to them and you know be aggressive and you know try to kind of use that against them. So you know, I'm going to be curious to see how they how they look. Um, offensively uh, in the first half. Um, totally agree. Yeah, they, they've been they've been taking way too many three-pointers. They've been settling too much. Um, you know, just don't be afraid to, to take it to those guys because you're going to get the call, especially Tatum, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he might as well, you know, use that to his advantage instead of, you know, playing lackadaisical and playing that isolation ball. Absolutely. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Game six, Celtics Bucks. Um, you know, hopefully they can force uh, a game seven. But um, you know, I think it's fair to kind of wonder about the the season so far and kind of the playoffs with you know potentially or you know facing elimination and kind of taking a look at you know what the what the what we kind of think of the season. You know, if it does you know end in a game six or if it ends in a game seven or if they advance. Um, so just kind of, Brendan, what are some of your thoughts about the team like so far this season and kind of what you've seen? You know, it's just been a, uh, you know, it's a tale of two halves. You know, they started off uh, 18 and 21, I think. And then once the new year started, um, you know, they just totally turned it around. I think they went 33 and nine or, or something like that down the stretch. Um, Ime just kind of the trade deadline was big, you know, uh, Stevens made a couple of moves that kind of woke these guys up, I think. And, um, you know, bringing in Derek White, bringing in Tice, uh, getting rid of um, uh, Schroeder. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think those additions along with um, Ime, 
um, kind of getting these guys focused was what turned it around. Um, these guys buy in um, uh, with Ime, you know, they, they kind of lost it. Um, Brad Stevens kind of lost the locker room at the end there, but, you know, being a former player um, gives uh, Udoka a lot of credibility in that locker room that I think has translated um, to their success thus far. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would definitely agree. You know, I think that they clearly have found the right coach. And I think, you know, when you think about where this team was, you know, a year ago after getting eliminated by the Nets, you know, Danny steps down and, you know, Brad takes his place and it's like, okay, who's going to coach this team? You know, this team had a lot of, you know, big questions. Who's going to be the coach? You know, can Marcus be that, you know, can, can he be a point guard, you know, can Jalen and Jason work together? So I think, you know, we've kind of found the answer to all those questions that he may seems to be the right coach. You know, Marcus can be a, a ball distributor and Jalen and Jason can work together. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's all about buying, you know, if, if, in the NBA, especially, you know, these superstars, if, if they don't, if they tune you out, you know, that's when it's over. And you, and you saw it with, uh, unfortunately, with Brad Stevens there, um, who I think is a good coach, but, you know, um, just couldn't get across to these guys at the end for whatever reason. Yeah, you know, and I think that he'd been around for, you know, eight years or whatever it was. And I think, you know, you're bound to kind of become kind of stale to some of the guys because, you know, you've been around for so long. And I think that it maybe was harder for Brad to relate to some of the guys. And I think, you know, Ime being familiar with some of the guys already on the roster, I think really helped kind of, you know, push them to be like, okay, we're going to bring someone in that, you know, and is going to be willing to, to push you. And I think that kind of was where Brad Stevens kind of lost some of the team that he wasn't willing to to push guys as hard as they, you know, wanted to be pushed. Exactly. You know, um, yeah, I think Udoka coached them um, smart, Jalen and, and Tatum at um, Team USA. And then he also coached Horford um, as an assistant for the Sixers, I want to say. So, um, you know, you just got to hold guys accountable. And um, that's something that Stevens wasn't willing or, or able to do. <laughs> but, you know, Luckily, um, Udoka is willing to do that, and he can do that. And, um, you know, these guys don't have a problem listening to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I think it's, you know, it's hard because I think when you saw how well this team had played over, you know, the, the last half of the season, I think a lot of people got excited that, oh, okay, you know, this team could go to the finals, this team could win a championship. But I think that, you know, it's okay to think that, even if they don't make it out of this series, that this season has been, you know, a lot better than people would have expected. You know, I don't really think that people were thinking about playoffs when they were 18 and 21 and, you know, not really going anywhere. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the series shakes out and, you know, kind of what the conversations are around this team this season, you know, if they're eliminated in the second round. Yeah, I mean, um, there's definitely a lot of, you know, reason for optimism, regardless, I think, moving forward. Um, mm -hmm. They still got a good, solid young core between um, Tatum and Brown. Um, they got the coach and, um, you know, they got the pieces around them. I think there's just a little, a couple of slight adjustments they need to make here and there. But um, overall, um, I'm, I'm feeling good about the future. Yeah, you know, I think that 
if they can kind of, you know, trim some of the fat, so to speak, on, you know, the margins of the roster and get, you know, a couple more guys that can, you know, uh, more or better, better complement Jalen and Jason, you know, be guys that can, you know, make shots. And, you know, who knows, you could see someone like Aaron Neesmith have a really strong offseason and, you know, become one of those pieces that they could, um, you know, use next season. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But then again, who knows, they could win two in a row and they could, they could get to the conference finals. I think that that's not out of the question either. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not over. Um, you know, we, we don't want to bury them just yet. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, I honestly, I think whoever wins this series um, is going to win the East. Um, not so too far ahead, you know, but um, Miami's a good team, but I think the Celtics can definitely beat them um, if they get past Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. That will be interesting to watch, you know, who wins the series and, you know, how they match up against the Heat or, you know, I don't know, maybe the maybe the Sixers shock the world and uh, beat the Heat two in a row. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, who knows? Uh, playoffs right. are going to be wild. Like, anything can happen. All right, so, um, Brendan, anything else that you would like to share about? Um, you know, I didn't really have too much else, to be honest. Um, you know, I just wanted to say I'm on the show, you know, on the show, and um, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, fun talking Celtics with you fun talking with you know a listener um that's always something that i've kind of had in the back of my mind that i've always wanted to to try to get into so you know yeah thanks for thanks for coming on this week and hopefully the celtics uh, keep on playing yeah um you know we'll see uh it should be fun to watch all right everyone uh good luck good luck to the celtics and uh everyone have a good weekend and we'll be back with you guys on monday